You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Almighty God, we ask that you would make your son present to us here this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Before we get to the sermon, I will say it happened last Saturday. I got married. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's what everybody says it is. It was a blur. Um, I talked to a lot of people, and for the first time in my life, I had, I remember having conversations, but I didn't remember who I had them with. Um, I have been fidgeting with this thing since I put it on a week ago. I've heard that's true for many of you as well. And finally, I understand now why people might take a year or two for their engagement because when you take two, three months, man, right for the last second, you, know, you don't know if it's going to work out, but it worked out. So here we are. That aside, let's get to what we're talking about here today. It's going to be from the Gospel according to St. Luke on page four. I'm going to take a look at what we have here, but I'm also going to take a look at what we don't have. We're going to start, I mean, I'm not going to, you don't need to go there, but if you would like, I'm going to start in verse 22 and go through 40. But I'll begin with, maybe we really need to have a movie club here at the Advent, because I'm going to talk about movies all the time, and a lot of these, many of you have probably never seen before, but have any of you seen the movie Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy? Two, three, I love it, I love it. Well, whether you've seen it or not, it's one of those movies where you can't be scrolling as you watch it. The proof in the pudding is that I had to watch it three times before I really understood what was happening. And the reason why that's the case is it's a puzzle of shifting spy identities and double agents. What you see is rarely what you get. And I think that this week's passage particularly what we don't have in the text here this morning, but even with what we do, this text passage is full of shifting identities. How else to explain a reading where a thief is described as both a threat in verse 33 and creation's salvation in 39 and 40? How else do we make sense of metaphors that keep shape shifting from verse to verse particularly in relation to God. If this week's reading were made into a film, I think we'd call it Shepherd, Master, Servant, Thief. The whole passage plays out in two movements. The first is primarily in what we don't have, which I'll briefly explain, and this deals with wealth and possessions. And the second is related to vocation and what it means to live awake or what it means to give yourself entirely for the purpose for which you and I have been created. Have any of you seen the Broadway musical Hades Town? I'm guessing this is probably fewer of you because I don't think that's made its way out to Birmingham just yet. Uh, but it's based on a famous Greek myth, myth. So I'm not really, I mean, this Greek myth has been around for 2,000, 3,000 years. So sorry guys, spoiler coming. But in the play Hades Town, Hades commands the shades of the underworld, this is really driving me crazy, to build a wall. 
The dead souls, shades, dead souls, they are told to keep their heads low and no longer, and no longer do they remember their own names. In a call and response chorus, they repeat the catechism that Hades has taught them. They build the wall in order to keep the enemy of poverty out, to keep what they have from those who have not. And I think it's a pretty interesting description of the fear that Jesus really works to dismantle in verses 32 through 34. What's most chilling about Hadestown is one of the song's final lines. It goes like this. What do we have that they should want? Again, this is to try to keep them out. This is what Hades himself is telling the shadows, what do we have that they should want? And instead of pointing to possessions or pleasures, the shades point to the endless cycle of their work. They say, we have a wall to work upon. We have work, and they have none. This fear of poverty has driven them to an obsession. And the obsession has made Hades' legions forget who they are. Who in this room cannot relate to that in 21st century American culture? Today's passage talks about a thief who steals and a thief who saves. And in the words of biblical professor Alice McKenzie, God's holy thief is a burglar who returns to steal our false priorities. When he breaks into our house, we will never again be the same. According to this text, what the key factor is in discerning one thief from the other is found in verse 32. It's fear. Fear is how we discern the one thief from the other. And more than this, Jesus tells us how fear can be overcome. And it's not a very popular means. This will not be a bestseller in Christian inspiration. What does Jesus say? Sell your possessions and give alms. Sell possessions and give alms. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say, Jesus doesn't say sell all your possessions because what we're going to try to do is find loopholes. Jesus says sell our possessions and give alms. But for close readers of this text, the heart of the matter is really about fear. When is the last time that you have lived an unafraid life? I know I live in fear all the time, and of course, some of that is personality-related. Enneagram 6, I, I live in fear perpetually. It you know, kind of helps me survive. But there's also this fear that the scriptures talk about, that Jesus is talking about here, that is no good at all. 
when is the last time that we've lived unafraid lives as servant of a God who serves rather than a thief who destroys? When is the last time that you and I, when we hear that hated word, holiness, and I will be the first to admit, I hate that word because there are so many connotations to it. There, the, the one word that might be worse than holiness for us is righteous, right? You hear that word and you can't help think about it pejoratively. But when is the last time when we thought of holiness and we didn't think of something begrudgingly that we you know, have to do, but instead thought of holiness as humor, spontaneity, play, not being constantly worried about what might happen, which is so often why we hoard, which is so often why I hoard, because I'm so worried about the future, about the unknown, about the variables of life. When is the last time we thought of holiness as not being overly serious, which is so often which keeps us defensive and unable to enjoy life. Sell your possessions, give alms, is an invitation to freedom, an invitation to get out of Town. But we're so darn afraid. Now, the story of Town is also about a thief. It's the story of Orpheus, who breaks into hell to free his love. But for those of you who know the story, it ends in tragedy. And for those of you who know yourselves, including me, my efforts to free myself from the hamster wheel of obsession, it's just not going to happen. The Son of Man is on a similar rescue mission. And his mission is to wake the world and free the dead. And his story has a different ending. And that's our hope. For many of us, that's our only hope of having moments free from fear. But even though it feels like there might be no way forward when it comes to fear and hoarding and just being all about ourselves, even though we pretend like we're not, this guy. This story is different. This is the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. And this is good news for you and for me because this means that whether it be in this life or the next, that you and I will be free to love and free to be loved. Because when we're so afraid about money, when we're so afraid about our jobs, when we just find ourselves unable to be generous, we are not free. We are slaves. And our God is the one who will set captives free. Not just those people over there, but you and me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.